Merry Christmas, Jason. Hey, thanks. Actually, Alex. I have something for you. Oh. Well, very well for nice. us. You know, considering that the holidays are coming up and you and I get really busy because we both have families and stuff. Yeah. I don't know if this is going to be the last time we see each other this year. Like, it, it very well could be. So this be. is officially the Not Your Pastors Podcast Company Party. Which we will both open mystery oh. mystery packets of Lego minifigures. Okay. So I want you. So we're gonna open these. And if you're not aware, uh, your local toy stores, Meyer, Walmart's, sell these mystery minifigure packs. And you don't know what you're getting. You I have a knife. You got a knife. I have a knife. Blades. So I got a couple of them for Jason and I to open because it's fun because it's a mystery, and tis the season to give. I hope I get the cactus lady. Oh, the cactus lady would be sweet. We'll just have to see what we get. All right, here we go. Here we go. What are we going to get? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what did you get? I don't know. I got to put it together. But it looks satanic. <laughs> what is this guy? I got a demon. You got a demon? I'm pretty sure it's some sort of reptilian. Oh, I almost lost his head. Is it the, is it the... <laughs> Hold on, let me put them together. I got... I think it's just a guy in a, uh, in a dragon suit. But the wings really threw me off. I got the... And the cloven hoof. I got the human firecracker. <laughs> bang he just bang on it <laughs> how did you get that together so fast it, he, it's only like three pieces I got literally Satan <laughs> Jason got <laughs> Satan Lego figure oh my gosh <laughs> well that might be a perfect segue into our uh... wow that... well first of all thank you Oh, you're very welcome. I love Legos. You know this. I thought it'd be a kind of a fun intro for us. We'll take pictures. We'll post them on social media. The boys' uncle got um, got them the Millennium Falcon from the Solo movie. Oh, nice. Which means he got me the Millennium Falcon <laughs> from the Solo movie. <laughs> and I put that bad boy together last night. That was fun. It's so much fun to do Legos. It's, it is one of my... I wish... I wish I had more money to buy, spend on Legos, but alas, Dude, I, I may have to buy to a new town. car. <laughs> Anywho, so you have stumbled upon the Not Your Pastors podcast, which you've already discovered one of our loves, and that's for Legos, and the other one is Jesus. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> one one slightly more important than the other. Absolutely. Slightly. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I shouldn't have said that. So Jason and I are, you are kind of, this is kind of our company party, our company Christmas party. We're drinking eggnog and This is the first time I've ever had eggnog too, by the way. Isn't it good? It's great. It is surprisingly good. So Jason's drinking eggnog and whiskey and I'm drinking eggnog and Southern Comfort. Yeah, snap that photo. Yeah. Get I'm, that photo online. Hold on. I'm going to do a side angle. That, that it looks more satanic from the side. Yeah, absolutely. And then mine's just a firecracker, which is awesome. Which is pretty non. Uh, it's more patriotic, really. But here's the deal: is you cannot spell Satan without Santa. <laughs> That's absolutely <laughs> true. 
So oh my lord. I'm finding that it's it's um it's taboo to talk about politics and religion and p- possibly Santa. Yeah. I was surprised. That might be one of the biggest comment threads that we've ever had. Oh yeah. On our Facebook page, because you put the question out there. Yeah, that's one of our favorite things to do on the show. If you're a new listener, join us on Facebook, Not Your Pastor's Podcast. I don't know. Just search for that. I don't know what our actual handle is. You'll find it. You'll get a handle on it. Is I like to post questions about upcoming shows. You and I think of a topic. We're not pastors. We don't know how to handle it. I had an honest question. We do Santa with my kids. It's getting close to the time where we reveal they're 10 and eight, and six. Especially for the 10-year-old. I'm pretty sure he already knows. He just plays along. Oh. I'm, I'm pretty Oliver, sure Oliver's just playing along. He has that personality. He's smart. Yeah. He listens like crazy. He figures things out. Gunner is not quite there yet, <laughs> but we might have to tell him because he's getting violent. <laughs> like, it just might be a thing. So, I mean, it was an honest question. Like, how do we, like, how do, we do this? And then I'm curious how many other people like Santa or not Santa, especially like, I mean, you have Ada. How old's Ada? Ada's three. She's three. And this is really her first year of like kind of understanding what Christmas is. Uh, we've we've done, uh, my wife bought the She Reads Truth Advent cards for kids. And so like every night we try and read throughout the month of December, we read an Advent card and it's a different Bible verse and you, they have different levels. So like of questions so like so for your like your toddler for your older than toddler and then older than that <laughs> that stage of life yeah so questions to kind of just that you you can do while you're sitting at the dinner table with your family and just kind of ask your kids and get them talking about what christmas is about and talking about jesus and so we've been doing that but then she's also discovered uh santa through film yeah, because that's a big thing, dude. Because, you know, we're a family. We like movies, and we yeah. have a Netflix account. And so we watch some movies with Santa in it. And so she's she knows who Santa is. Like, if we went to – we did the uh, Huckleberry Railroad Christmas. Oh, yeah, that's fun, train. dude. We've done that. We usually do that every year. And I've never told Ada about Santa. Like, I never, okay. like, read Twas the Night Before Christmas and pointed out to her in a book that this is Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. She just knew. Exactly. That's what we were, Jess and I were anti-Santa. We were not, we had no plans of doing Santa. And that's kind of where I was at. We were at the whole, like, I don't want to lie to my kid. If if I tell my kid that Santa's real and I play along, then what will they think of of God? Like, when they find out that Santa's not real. And for, we didn't, we, like, we had no intention of doing Santa. But then they came home from school I would I would say their school, their friends, movies, and they became Santa evangelist. Like, and it was like they would argue with us. Like, you don't believe in Santa, so I mean, we should probably save this for the episode and, and really get into it. Absolutely. You have any anything going on this week? You had fun with? Um. Uh, well, I showed you the one my one major accomplishment that I did this week. I, I told I taught my daughter that my red my wedding ring is called my precious. <laughs> that was so funny. You're like you hold your wedding ring up and you go, Ada, what's this? And she, and she goes, <laughs> she goes, my precious. <laughs> that was that's my favorite moment of the week so far. <laughs> like in the past seven days, that that took it. Right there, your daughter calling your wedding ring, my precious. 
well, it is what it is. Man, that's that's my my that my dad moment. What about you? What what happened this week of note? Um, there was one night where the clouds were gone and the stars were super bright. The church we go to is in the middle of nowhere, and this was a Wednesday night. And we're driving home, and um. Gunner's like, man, dad, the stars are like, they're changing color. I'm looking at, he's looking at the stars and they're changing color. I was like, yeah, they're, they're twinkling. And I started singing twinkle, twinkle little star. He's like, stop it, dad, knock it off. And then he's like, he's like, that one turned from green to red. He's like, my friend Grant can make his face turn red. And I goes, well, yeah, like some people when they, you know, they, they run and, and whatnot and they get worked up, like their face will turn red. He's like, no, he just holds his breath for a really long time until his face turns red. And then after that, it tur- it'll turn blue. And then Rex from the back seat goes, when you have a girlfriend and you love her, your, your cheeks will turn pink. Ah, <laughs> uh, Rex. He's so stinking cute. It's ridiculous. He's the baby. He is the baby. Oh, man. So good. Jason, you know, we're not pastors. No, we're not. We're definitely not Santa Claus. No. Well, are we? In a way. Sort perhaps. of. Maybe. But we do have a killer podcast, which is supported by you guys, the listeners. So thank you so much for just another great yep. year of podcasts. So many big episodes came out this year. Lots of our numbers are looking strong. They're looking great. I'm looking forward to 2019. Some great new things that maybe on the horizon for us. Maybe video. We don't know. Yeah, maybe. I mean, uh, Lord with us, we podcast until Jesus stomps you out. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody ever puts it that way. It's gonna happen. Like, well. <laughs> anyway, more to come next year on the Rapture. Yep. This is not your pastor's. Should we tell them about Santa? episode. <laughs> Jason, so we have to start the episode off like this. Did We may have talked about this in a previous episode, but did you, growing up, did your family do Santa? Absolutely. Pastor's kid. I mean, I didn't think it was a big deal until I posted that thread and saw how many anti-Santa people there are. But we grew up with Santa. My whole mom's side of the family does Santa to this day. Our Thanksgiving tradition is we eat the meal, we watch the game, and then the sun goes down and Santa comes. And all the kids, which is my Uncle Jack. My Uncle Jack dresses up as Santa. And it's just, it's, we have a blast with it every year. The kids get up one by one, they sit on his lap, and they, they tell him what they want for Christmas, and then each kid, my Aunt Frankie's, like, super talented with, like, crafts and stuff. She makes a Christmas ornament that's just awesome and has, usually has some sort of significance to the family. Like, she made this from an old blanket or an old article of clothing or something of some significance. And each kid gets an ornament, so half the ornaments on our, on our tree are, you know, very personal items made by my aunt Frankie, but they get to spend time with Santa and even like the big kids like play along with it. Like this year, my, uh, my cousin Brantley who plays college football and is six, five and 300 pounds 
sat on my Uncle Jack's lap. And it's just funny. Like, it, it just is. And, like, me growing up, yeah, we absolutely did Santa. What about you? You do Santa? We did. Uh, my grandpa actually played Santa Claus at the... So we were part of, like, a sportsman's club, so we... That's your Santa suit. Yeah. It's your Sa- grandpa's. Yes. So I so I was... When he retired the Santa suit, I became the new Santa Claus. <laughs> and I have actually played Santa Claus. I'll, I'll get some pictures. I'll get some pictures to you. We did we did Facebook Live last year, and you were in the Santa I dressed suit. up as, as Santa. I'll get some pictures of back in the day. We used to have a... Uh, my old band used to have a band Christmas party. Even after the band broke up, we still had a band Christmas party. And I always dressed up and played Santa. And it was like, Santa was just, it's almost like I became another person when I put the Santa suit on. You do the, do the ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. You laugh every time. You're so good at that. Mary, uh, I can't remember. We got to post that video again. We got to yeah. share that video again. But anyway, so yeah, I I'm remember. I'm thinking you should dress up as Santa, myself with my new fresh long hair as Jesus. And we should answer some questions for our listeners. Make it a Facebook Live special. That's your fake laugh, by the way. I've learned. <laughs> Jason's got a really great idea we're not going to do. We're not going to do it. You know why? Because I would be we un- cannot mix the unholy with the holy. I would be uncomfortable dressing up as Jesus and answering questions. It might be. A, it might get a little it, weird. It could get out of hand really quick. But here's so here's the thing. So you did Santa. I did Santa. I I played Santa Claus. I come from a long line of Santa Clauses. My grandpa actually. I hung out with him yesterday. He told me that my great grandfather, his dad was a Santa Claus, too. It's your destiny. It's genetics. It is. It's genetics. When did you stop believing? I kind of had it figured out, just like I said about my kid. He's 10 years old. I think he has it figured out because I kind of had it figured out. I don't know if my brother or, like, one of my siblings, like, told me. Like, you get in a fight and they just, like, well, yeah, Santa's not real, you know? It becomes one of those. But... Um, I knew for sure there was one year when I was 10 years old, I loved hockey and my mom got me a set of goalie equipment. Oh, nice dude. For playing street hockey. Cause we played street hockey nonstop. Car! Outside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she got me a goalie helmet, like a goalie mask. And it said on a package from Santa and I opened it and I was like, Yes. And my mom's like, I hope you like that. I looked all over that. I went to five stores. And I was like, it, it said it was from Santa. Oh. And she felt so bad. She felt so bad. Like, I'm the, her youngest. I'm the baby. And she just crushed Santa for her baby. And I, like, I already had it kind of figured out. But I'll, I'll just never forget my mom just like, damn it. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I was probably around nine or ten years old when I stopped believing and my mom busted my bubble too. I so I can't sleep. Christmas Eve I can't sleep. No, that's what I said last in our last episode. We did Christmas at five AM. Well my my mom would never wake up at five AM to do presents. Yeah. Just never. But I'm totally with you. You can't sleep. I can't sleep now. And it's and I don't get presents at all. Like last year I got a sweatshirt and a pair of jeans and like I was still like amped all night like i i'm gonna open presents tomorrow i don't know what it is it's it's just it's still that that kid-like wonder is still in me 
and and now that Ada's getting a little bit older, I, I kind of like play off of her. Oh yeah, off of her excitement. It'll be big. But so one, I woke up really early, and my sister was really young at this point because there's an eight year difference between my sister and I. And I woke up really early. My mom said, you know, just come in my room, let your sister sleep a little bit longer. You can watch TV in my room. And she asked me, she's like, so did you see all the presents out there? I said, yeah, I, I did. And some, some of them looked like a, like a G.I. Joe that I wanted, like, like I could tell from looking yeah. at a box. Yeah. And she's like, you think Santa's pretty cool, huh? I'm like, yeah, Santa's awesome. And she goes, thanks. Basically saying, I'm Santa Claus. Oh. I'm the one who's been getting you the presents. And I just like looked up at her like with like, oh, I guess eight, nine, nine or ten years old is probably a little bit old, that, but I still just wanted to hold on to that. Yeah. There's something about just wanting to hold on to that part of your childhood, that nostalgia, that feeling. Like I remember we did Christmas one year with my grandma down in Florida, and I remember I was sleeping out in the living room, and that's where the Christmas tree was. And I don't know how my parents did it, but they were super quiet. They were, they were, they put all the presents out there, but I could hear footsteps. And I remembered like, oh, if like, I don't know where I got this from, but I was like, I need to keep my eyes closed, even though I hear footsteps. Yeah. Because if I look at Santa, he'll like, he'll vanish and he'll, he won't give me my presents. <laughs> so I kept my eyes closed and I, I even told my parents the next morning, like Santa came and I heard his footsteps. <laughs> He's real. And I remember telling all the kids at school at, at Murphy Elementary in Metamora, Michigan. Yeah. He's real. I heard his footsteps. You guys don't even know. Oh, man, you just reminded me. My dad dressed up as Santo one year and <laughs> ran across the front yard. <laughs> Dave. So, so we saw Santa, and then later on he told me he got so hurt doing that because as he's running around the house, he's now no longer in view. But he's running along the side of the house, and there was a big patch of ice, and he slipped and oh. fell. And it hurt himself bad. I just picture my dad just like cursing on the ground, all dressed as Santa. Like, <laughs> oh my goodness! But so yeah, Santa, Santa is a thing. It's it's everywhere, dude. And it wasn't it wasn't always so. Like so, one of the things that we said we needed to do for this episode is actually talk about maybe a little bit of the history. Of Saint Nick, and yeah. then, and then we can go from there and maybe dive into the question, yeah. I guess, whether or not this, to this Santa segment, or not to Santa. This segment's called "Things I Googled Today" <laughs> with an asterisk while on the toilet. Yeah, which you can Google too, because you know what? We have jobs, so this is a hobby, guys. Throw us a bone. This may not be the most accurate information. I didn't go to Moody Bible College no. to learn about Santa Claus. Nope, we sure didn't. I didn't go to Moody Bible College, period. Nope. <laughs> That's why we have Google. Yeah. And I can just read Moody Bible stuff for free. How many Bible colleges can you name right now? Moody. <laughs> uh, uh, Liberty. Lip. Liberty, 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 Liberty. I don't know what you're even referencing. That's like Liberty, their, Liberty their Mutual song? Insurance. Oh. <laughs> Jingle. That's all it is. Liberty, 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 Liberty. So I'm a State Farm guy. USAA, baby. Boom! Mm. Um, yeah, that's it. Anyway, so... I know, I know some Church of Christ ones. And there's like the... I don't know. I can't. 
Nope, we didn't. It was go. like a Southern Baptist. We one. didn't do the seminary. There's a lot of them. There's a there's so many. I don't I don't know. Did anyway, I just derail you. I'm sorry. Anyway, Continue. the history of Saint Nicholas, because he was a real actual person, and that's one of the things. Yeah. That's one of the angles that I want to take, because he's commonly referred to as Saint Nicholas. There actually is a Saint Nicholas Day. Which yeah. is December sixth. Sixth, yeah, I found that out today. Which I have a friend who's uh, his family's Greek Orthodox, and yeah. they actually do Saint Nicholas Day. Oh, and yeah? so his daughter gets essentially two Christmases because you put your boot out on a windowsill, and then the next morning the Santa Saint Nick comes and leaves presents in the boot. Yeah. And so I'm like, so you do Saint Nicholas Day and you do Christmas? He's like, yeah. I'm like, gosh. I need to convert to Greek Orthodox. Yeah. So much fun. My buddy from Russia has told me so much about the Greek Orthodox Church, and it sounds sounds pretty awesome. Like, I'm all about that. Uh, Parts of it, okay, before you, uh, me longer than you just did. Uh, so what, what, what else do you learn about old St. Nick? Well, he was born in... 280 AD. So, I mean, he's he's around not too much longer after Jesus is yeah. on the earth, which is pretty incredible if you think about it, that we have history dating back that far to, the, to these old saints. Yeah. And so I learned that he was, he came from an affluent family, that he was a believer, and he donated a lot of his fortune to the poor. That's awesome. Which is... He sounds like a great guy. Uh, the Was one, he a great guy? Or you're about to, like, drop the other hammer, like... I'm going to drop this hammer because it's, like, maybe not something I would have done, but at the same time, I, I want to, like, go through history and, like, fist bump him. Okay. So, St. <laughs> Nicholas was actually at the Council of Nicaea. That okay. That was... Constantine kind of called this council together. I hope I'm getting this right. This is just Googled. Yeah. So they call this council. They count. They call the council of Nicaea together. And one of the main things that they're talking about is the Trinity at the council. Like, is the Trinity a thing or is it not a thing? Like, let's figure out some of these big Christian doctrines essentially. And this guy gets up and denies the deity of Christ. Says Christ is important, but he's not like God, that he's not God. And St. Nicholas walks, I can just see it in my head. He stands up from his chair, walks across this great hall filled with all these bishops and like high religious people and totally bitch slaps this dude (laughs) for saying that Jesus isn't God. (laughs) I'm trying to like think of Christmas songs and reword them. (laughs) Look down from the chimney, go slap, slap, slap. <laughs> but that's that's one of St. Nicholas's stories. Like, he yeah. he basically was just like, how mm. dare you speak of Jesus this way? And got so fired up that he hit a guy. <laughs> Which, it's funny because from the Council of Nicaea, like, they, they kind of affirm that Jesus is God, along with the Holy Spirit and God the Father. They affirmed the doctrine of the Trinity. But they still were like, you kind of hit a dude in front of Constantine, so we have to put you in prison. 
And so they put Jesus, or they put Jesus in prison. They put St. Nicholas in prison. And while, as the legend goes, as the story goes, he was visited while he was in prison by Jesus and Mary. Two wonderful people to be visited by. And so when he was thrown into prison, they stripped him of his title as, uh, as bishop, because he was a bishop, and they chained him up in prison. And from what, the, from what the story says is that while he was down in the cell, Jesus gave him a copy of the Gospels, and Mary gave him clothes, so he wasn't in his undies. Yeah, it's important. And when the guards come to check on him in the morning, he's got clothes on, which they're like, where, where the heck did he get these? Yeah. And he's got a manuscript of the Gospels, essentially, I, I want to say. It, the wording was really weird in the, the Google article I read. While on the toilet. While on the toilet. <laughs> and then the chains are off of him. He's not chained anymore. And he's and he's just totally fine. This he's is totally the, at peace. The miracle for sainthood. And then so yes, exactly. So that's how okay. he gets his sainthood title. Yeah. And boom, Saint Nicholas. Interesting. And the this article that I read said that you know he continued for the for the rest of his life until he died. To he was a he was a guy who just loved on poor people and wanted to help people out. There was stories of him using his his family's fortune to pay dowries for for families so that their uh, daughters could go get married and be hmm. married off. Or there was a story that I read that he, St. Nicholas helped get these three guys proven innocent from, they were like uh, brought up on murder charges in his little town that he was in. And he's born in modern day Turkey too. Yeah. Uh, it's just amazing. Hmm, he seems like a nice guy. <laughs> so... And his legend kind of continued to grow after he died, obviously, with a lot of a lot of the saints. Yeah. And St. Nicholas Day was celebrated pretty widely throughout most of northern Europe, um, especially in Holland, is what I read, until about the Protestant Reformation, which is when they stopped basically celebrating and worshiping saints. Gotcha. And so, but some of some of that St. Nicholas stuff came across to the U S and there was some, some people that not Protestants, mind you, they were kind of more of the Orthodox and Catholic that still celebrated St. Nicholas day. And, um, then some artists in 1881, can't remember his name, wrote a poem about St. Nicholas and depicted him as a fat, jolly man in a red suit. There you go. I, I looked up some different things. So I listened to a couple of different, I listened to a Muslim sermon on Santa Claus on on Christmas. Interesting. And how we are profaning the name of Jesus. Interesting. Like people people don't realize that the Muslim faith, they believe in Jesus. They believe in Isa who they call Jesus. I mean Isa Isa is Jesus, same thing. Um but Isa and he, he is the savior. Hi- highly honored he is not savior, he's not the son of God. He was born of a virgin. Interesting. He did many miracles, and he was a prophet. And they hold him high regard. Like when I was over in the Middle East, and I was learning from a Muslim man, um, 
I mean, his instant was his his comments were, "What do you think of Muhammad? What do you think of the Quran?" And like they put you right on the spot. You know, here we don't talk about religion and politics. Over there, that's all they want to talk about. And I was like, "Well, what do you think of Jesus?" He's like, "He's like Jesus was a mighty prophet. If my mother and my father, if they deny Jesus, they deserve to die." <laughs> like, like he was like, "Holy cow!" Very animated, very serious. Like it's. They hold Jesus or Isa in high regard, not the same Jesus per se, not the Son of God that that we would say, but he's very highly regarded in their society. So this this was like trying to save Jesus from the Christianity type sermon. Hmm. And the reason I listen to it because I think it's extremely important to hear what other cultures say about us. Like what do they think? What do outsiders think about us? And so um, apologetics in Muslim communities or Islam and their faith is very prominent. Like if you want to hear the most amazing creation sermons, go listen to an Islam sermon and you will be blown away. If you want to hear a crazy apologetic sermon about how God is real and there's only one God, like listen to a Muslim sermon, you will be blown away. At how many commonalities? Mm. It's not till they get to the very end of the sermon where like, oh, yeah, there's no Jesus here, right? But I, everything leading up to that, you, I like, I challenge any one of you listeners to go listen to it. You'd be, you'll be amazed. But he was going through the whole history of Christmas and the early tradition and how it came to be, and I thought it was pretty interesting. And then I also listened to a History Channel documentary called Christmas Unwrapped. From like, <laughs> do you get it? Yeah. Um, from like the nineties, it okay. may have been like late. Like, I mean, History Channel was like born yesterday. Like, this is their first like show. <laughs> like, it's that old, and I'm pretty sure the imam or the the Islamic pastor got all of his content from the History Channel because <laughs> it was like. One and the same. So one of the things, all these northern Norway and countries that are way up in the north where their their day is about to be shortened, much like we are here in Michigan, December 22nd is the shortest day of the year. Right now it gets dark at 5.15. Yeah. 5.15, it's, it's dark outside. I go to work when it's dark, and I when I leave work, it's dark. So you, Super depressing. You imagine going into the winter months in like a village format and you're about to get into the bitter cold and survive off whatever harvest you have, you know people are going to die. People's kids are going to die. Old family members are going to die. They're not going to make it. We're not going to have enough food to get through. They started this tradition of Christmas and they would go out at the at the winter solstice, December twenty second, and they would get the largest log they could find called the Yule log, and they would burn it and they would have a big celebration, almost like a send off type deal, of all right, we're we're preparing. It's going to be awful, you know. Let's celebrate the sun god essentially because the sun was the god and they were about to be absent from the sun god for so long. So they look to things like the evergreen tree or our conifer. 
-hmm. They don't die during the winter. Like they survive. Every other tree dies. It loses its leaves and stuff. But they, the evergreens don't. They keep going. And so they would cut them down and they'd bring them in their house and they would decorate them and celebrate. And then there was like this other demon god called Mithra who was born on December 25th, our soul legend has it, and was dressed in all red and flew through the air by snakes with wings. Like pretty, some pretty insane stuff. Holy crap. But there's some correlations to an early demonic Santa Claus. And so, like, tradition would go, like, our kids died, our so-and-so died, and who would they blame it on? It would just be Mithra. Like, the god Mithra of... Mithra came at night and killed The them. god of winter came at night, and they're gone. And it was kind of brutal thinking about it. And then, um, I mean, it just evolved from there, like... It got into um, Rome. I was going to say, wasn't... For Rome, Christmas was a big drunken orgy for about a solid month. In England, Christmas was like almost like Halloween, where mm. they would make like... They would pick like a beggar, like a bum off the street and make him king for the day. And then they would go to like rich people's houses and like overtake them and like demand that the rich give them all the luxuries just for a day. Just so play make believe, it's just a big like a big drunken fest. Yeah, because that's where I thought Christians have eventually hijacked Christmas. Yes, they did, and then they took things like the tree, and they made it sim symbolic. Like they would put, um, they would decorate trees with apples, the Garden of Eden hmm. kind of thing, which later became Christmas bulbs. But then, what was really interesting about the the documentary that I listened to is when you get into. Um, 19th century America, like the night before Christmas tradition, written by a pastor who was ashamed to put his name on it because he didn't mention God in there. Oh. And he didn't realize it until after he'd written it. But then the thing got so popular, eventually he came out and said, yeah, I'm the guy who wrote it. And then it wasn't until like 1860-something, a real retail store made a picture of Santa because everybody was wondering, what does Santa look like? You know, so they, that's how you got the jolly fat guy. I mean, Coca-Cola, early Coca-Cola, they had a very popular image of Santa too. But there's, there's this whole thing about Christmas in America, like we're hard workers and we, people were worked to the bone and they wanted a day off and to, you know, celebrate their hard work. And then you get like the whole Scrooge thing. So in American culture, movies are extremely prominent. Mm. Mm. Uh, movies play just as big a part as Christmas as, and movies and stories as anything else, as the gift giving. And eventually it evolved into a day of, okay, we work hard, we're struggling, and this is the early 1900s. We don't really spend any time with our children. We don't really think about our kids at all. It's all about, you know, providing food for them and whatnot, but we never take a day and just play with our kids. And then that's what Christmas came about. It was just this day where families, if you were lucky and could get the day off work, where you'd play with your kids. And it was it became essentially all about the children. And in a way, children help create, especially in America, the, the traditions that we have today. 
which hmm. was ingrained into our movies. And I thought it was pretty cool. So in, in large part, it was a family day. And then the church like comes that. in and ties it to the birth of Jesus, which the Muslim pastor had a huge problem with because Jesus wasn't born in the winter. But yet we took, and he, he used, um, he quoted some passages in the Quran to prove that Mary wasn't pregnant in the, in the winter. But then he also said, like the shepherds, this is very biblical, the shepherds, uh, the angels came to them at night as they were overwatching, yeah, overseeing their flock. That. And they were making the point, there's no way that you would be overseeing your flock at night in the winter because it's too cold. And it's Palestinian tradition, like rule, regulation. You get those sheep inside. Hmm. So you're not out at night. So he was he was using that as an apologetic point to prove that Jesus wasn't born in the winter on December 25th. Right, and we talked about this in our all the way back in episode 7 where there was a lot of... There was that video that we... That, we watched or something. We were talking about apologetics, but basically saying there was like a, a YouTube video saying that Jesus is just like all these other gods. Yeah, and they're goddesses. Several, yeah. And one of the main topics is like, they're all born on December 25th. And it's like, yeah, Mithra was one of them. Hold up one second. Yeah. Uh, Bible never says that Jesus nope. was born on the December 25th. We just kind of hijacked it. That's why I'm super careful around Ada. When we talk about Christmas and we talk about Jesus Easter's I, I bigger for me. Easter's, Easter's bigger than Christmas, but... It needs to be. Yeah. It needs to be, but specifically saying, like, it's just the day that we celebrate that Jesus was born. It wasn't the actual day that he was born. Yeah. But anyway. So, so I mean, those are just interesting things that I looked up today, and I thought I thought were pretty cool. I mean, I'm sure you can go and you can fact check me and... There's just and, so many stories. It's, it's yeah. just this whole mythology of who Santa Claus but, is. But for Americans, we, in large part, are creating the tradition as we go. Santa may not be a thing 50 years from now. It may be a, just a lost thing. And then hmm. that's interesting that's to think a, about. That's an interesting thing. Well, how about in 50 years we'll come back when we're yeah, grandparents? We will. Possibly great-grandparents. Yeah, 50 years? Are you kidding me? We'll be super great-parents. We'll be like from Futurama, and our, we'll just be floating heads in tanks. And we'll see if Santa's still a thing. Yeah. Um, but do you have a favorite film version of Santa Claus? Oh, man. Because there's so many. Like, there's so many people that have, have stepped up to the plate and played Santa Claus. I like the claymations. I like Tim Allen, the actor. Oh, dude. I love the show Last Man Standing. I don't know if you ever watched that. I, it's like Home Improvement. But with girls. But with girls. <laughs> yeah. And I love the dynamic. There's a family dynamic of he's hardcore conservative. His wife is hardcore liberal. Like he was Trump. She was Hillary. And they fight back and forth. But they did it in such a good way where it's like, that's my family. Yeah. And it made you feel like, oh, this is my family on TV. I, I, th I don't know. I like Tim Allen. I think he's I think He's, he's a actor. Michigan boy, too. He's a Michigan so. boy, yeah. Um, so I, I really like the Santa Claus movies growing up. My kids love them. I, personally, I like the claymation, the, all the, A Year Without a Santa Claus, a yeah. Rudolph, all those Rudolph. old ones. Those are what I grew up watching. Those are what I love. 
I would say that Tim Allen may be one of my favorite Santa Clauses because he starts off like such a jerk Santa. Oh, yeah. And then by the next Christmas, he's fully embraced it because he's yeah. fully taken on the persona of Santa Claus. Yeah. Like when he <laughs> he goes down the chimney and that little girl that he, he comes to and he drinks the milk. He's like, and he's like, yeah, yeah. and he's she's like, like goes intolerant. I'm lactose intolerant. I don't like milk. <laughs> and then the very next year, he goes back, and she got him lactose-free milk. Yep. And, he, and he's like, no, just do whole milk next year. I'm, yeah. I'm good now. <laughs> uh, I really liked, this is this is kind of shameful, but the the Christmas Chronicles. Did you watch that movie? It's, re, it's on Netflix the right now. The boys started watching it today. I think. I was 20 minutes in Kurt before I Russell came Kurt Russell is a fantastic Santa Claus. Yeah. And there's this weird part of me that's like, if I was gay, I'd date him. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Kurt Russell is a man's man, and especially when he's got that long beard. I don't know what it is. Man crush over here. My uh, wife can have Jason Momoa. I'll take that's Kurt the Russell. Thing I'm talking about. What? That dude's like, I don't get it. I don't understand. They could have picked, like, I'm not like I'm not gay. So Aquaman looks terrible to me. The preview. I love how you're 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 switching it now. I am. You're talking. About I just Aquaman. don't understand my wife and your wife's fascination with this guy. I don't think he's that attractive. Not that you know. I'm looking or I'm curious, but I mean, Kurt Russell as a Santa Claus. There's something about that's him. who our wives should be interested in. That's all I'm saying. Because that's what they're gonna get eventually. <laughs> Kurt Russell. An old Kurt Russell. <laughs> and Goldie Hawn is is Mrs. Claus. It was just it was a great I thought it was a pretty good Christmas movie for being a Netflix film. This is a great not your pastor's podcast Christmas party so far. This is fantastic. And, and there's we still opened, plenty of eggnog left. We, po- we opened Legos. I'm having fun. This is fun. <laughs> We've been talking Christmas and Santa Claus. But maybe we need to get to the serious matter. Yeah, okay. To Santa Claus or not to Santa Claus? Yeah. That is the question. You can't spell Satan without Santa. (laughs) So I'm going to say my piece. Can I say my piece? You have a three-year-old. I have a three-year-old. Say your piece. Not. I mean, you can say your piece even if you didn't have kids, but... I don't want to Santa Claus. Okay. Um, It's going to be hard because I love... I, I played Santa. I am the biggest hypocrite. I play Santa yeah, Claus. you play Santa, and you play him well, And sir. I don't want to tell my kid about you Santa You dressed Claus. up as Santa and did a Skype call with my kids. <laughs> that was two years ago. That was two years ago. Holy cow. But my kids remember that. And, dude, we made a great memory. Like, I will never forget being with my friend, dressed as Santa, and doing a Skype call with my kids. It did suck because they were like, well, I could just talk to Santa whenever I want. I'll just I'll just Skype them. Yeah, it's the same it's the same number it's the same number as Mr. Alex's number. <laughs> I'm I remember their faces. Oh, do we have that video posted somewhere? We'll have to look it up. I'm sure it's on our Facebook page somewhere. They were telling me they wanted a Xbox game. Some yeah. Xbox game that they wanted. And I said, because I know them really well, I said, I thought you guys would have wanted Legos. Yeah. And you're in Gunner's face. Oh yeah, because you knew he them. was like <gasps> Who is he now? He knew our dog's name. Oh, is that Sophie back there? <laughs> like, 
Like everything was just so so. Like if my kids are damaged, I'm blaming you. It uh, I I I play a convincing but Santa. We, but wait, we skyped Santa. We skyped him. Don't tell him it was me. <laughs> they 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 hold me in high regard. They do. You're their favorite. <laughs> I just don't want them to hate me. But okay, so here's my reasoning for Santa, and this is this is mainly this is mainly my fault. Okay, so I blame this on me mm-hmm. because I was so into Santa growing up. Like my mom had to tell me that Santa wasn't real. I don't think I would have came to the conclusion yeah. that Santa wasn't real. Like I'm about ready to go to junior high, and I'm still just like, no, Santa's real. I heard his footsteps. I like you, game over, man. Like you had an inkling, yeah, and so. I want to focus primarily on Jesus because for me, it's not that I had to deconstruct Santa, but there's still that inclination in my heart to, to chase after this jolly, the jolly old St. Nick that brings me material goods. Yeah. And sometimes I get caught up in that. That's just me personally. That's where my mind goes. That's something that I'm trying to fight against. I'm trying to look to Jesus. And the more and more I read the scriptures and the more and more I faced hardship in my life, like I wasn't looking to Santa to help me through the hardships or to get me through a really hard time. I was looking to Jesus and it kind of made Jesus seem like he's the true savior, not You're Santa talking Claus. as a child. I'm, I'm talking about even but now, all as, throughout as my an, life. As an adult, though, you don't, like, go through life thinking about Santa in no, 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 no. I don't go around thinking about Santa, but there's that, that idea of loving material things and the fact that Santa, quote-unquote, brings you the material goods. Yeah. And so I don't want that for my daughter. I really don't. Now, we're, we're to a point, basically, where she knows who Santa Claus is. Yeah. She doesn't know the mythology of it. She doesn't know that Santa Claus brings presence that's as the myth goes yeah but i'm trying to somehow mix in the fun but also with the truth about the fact that well mommy and daddy got you these things and yeah not uh, not a mythical figure and so I'll, I'll say it again i was i was getting choked up the other night reading to ada from the Jesus Storybook Bible. Your favorite book? It is. It has been my 2018 favorite book, hands down. And reading, so there's a chapter in the Jesus Storybook Bible where it's just sections of Isaiah, mm-hmm. where it's specifically talking about Jesus and putting them into phrases like for kids to understand yeah. the, the, the prophecies more. Like, I'm sending, I'm sending you a rescuer, like... I love you, and even though you've gone far away, I'm not going to stop loving you, and my rescuer is going to come. He's going to be born of a young girl who hasn't been married yet, because it's, it's trying to... Yeah. No, it's a great book. And so... I was they had, like, there was a, like a cartoon audio video version of it, too, that we purchased for our kids, so we watch it on the tablet. Yeah. I love that stinking thing. It's just... It's so good. Everything pointed back to Jesus. It's... It's... And I'm... And so, and we're also reading these Advent cards. And this is the first year my wife last year got a book on sale. Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer's uh, what's it called? It's called Advent something or yeah. other. So Dietrich Bonhoeffer, great Christian. He was a Life Together, great book. What, what was was he during? Yeah, it was during Nazi Germany. He yep. was thrown into prison because he was like, no, I'm not going to support 
Hitler. Screw that guy. Amazing dude. And so my dad and I had a great conversation over the phone. We were talking about Bonhoeffer. That's what my dad and I do while I'm driving home from but work. But it's kind of, it's the book is kind of structured like there's these four weeks of Advent and you have something to read the, the four weeks. Yeah. Throughout the four weeks. And it's just been like, he's so Christ-centered. It's like, Advent is the season of waiting. We are waiting for Jesus to come. Like, we he's, he already's come in his first Advent. Now he's going to be coming again. And it's just continually pointing. And he's, all these writings are all of him while he's in prison. Like, there's always like a little date in who he wrote the letter to, and it's always written in this prison. So can I ask you a tough question? Yeah. Could you do both? Could I do both? I don't think I could. You do Santa and Jesus. I can't. I don't think I can. My mind can't go there. I'm, and that's that's me personally. Now, if somebody else, like I know you do Santa with your kids. Your kids are all we about also, Santa. We also do Jesus. I know you also do Jesus. I cannot do both. And that's mainly my fault. I, I'll, I'll say that that's my fault as a parent because I know that my mind can go so quickly towards excluding Jesus from the like, conversation. Like I said, my wife and I, we were anti-Santa. We were, we were not going to do Santa. And pretty, we were pretty hardcore about it, based largely upon the church we were brought up in. Like, the first couple of Christmases with Oliver and maybe the first one with Gunnar, I don't know. Our first like two or three Christmases and birthdays with kids, we only bought gifts from the Christian bookstore. <laughs> like wrap your head around that. It's only going to be Noah's Ark. It's only going to be Young Earth. It's only going to be dinosaurs and humans coexisted. I would not have it any. I will not let my household. We were pretty hardcore. And we watched the movies. Because movies are tradition, mm-hmm. and the kids go off to school. We, I mean, we were still largely anti-Santa Claus until Oliver hit age five. He goes off to kindergarten, and he comes back, and all the other kids believe in Santa, and he believes in Santa too. And he's telling us how Santa's real. Now, I am more apt to play along with him because I grew up with Santa, it did not have any impact on my faith whatsoever. Um, my wife, um, she absolutely does not. She tells the kids all the time, I don't believe in Santa. She told them today. They were asking her today, Mom, do you believe in Santa? Nope. And they said, well, that's why you don't get any gifts from Santa then. <laughs> like, let's, uh, that explains it. Um, but we chose to play along. And... We also didn't want our kid to be the kid ruining it for all the other kids who did believe in Santa. Since we decided to do this public school thing, and like if you do homeschool or you do private school or you do Christian school, maybe you live in a different context where everybody agrees we're not doing Santa and it's not a big, it's not a big deal. But we're sending our kids off into public square, public school. They're going to be around other kids who do Santa. And we kind of let our kids decide for themselves. So now, back to that same conversation today. Do you believe in Santa? And Jesus, uh, Jess goes, well, what do you, what, what's Christmas really about? And all three of our boys, Jesus. And what's more important than gifts? And all three of our boys spending time with family and making memories. 
Like they're all lockstep because we've been there every step of the way. We've told them we don't believe in Santa. Like Gunnar asked me the other day, Dad, do you believe in Santa? I was like, buddy, I don't hear the bell when it rings. That's from that's from the Polar Express, one of their favorite movies. And to go along with that, the Polar Express, if you've watched have you watched the Polar Express? Last year I did. Fantastic movie. The engine, the train engine that is modeled off of that is modeled for the movie is in Owasso. The book is based out of Michigan. Hmm. Uh, it was written by an author in Grand Rapids. And they picked that one because it was 1225. We rode the Polar Express. We rode that engine. And um, you can you depart from a train station in Owasso. You go to the village of Ashley, which is north of Lansing. It's like an hour train ride. You are served hot cocoa along the way. You pick up a kid, you know, um, on the way. And you get to this little village in Michigan that's all done up like Santa's village and workshop. And you get off the train and you walk around different shops and stuff. And they hand out the first gift of Christmas, just like they do in the movie. And Oliver got chosen as the as like the kid. So our Oliver got one year the first gift of Christmas. And I can't picture him doing that and me being, you know what, son, he's not Santa's not real. This is all fake and make believe. As he's living out this moment. Now, of course, as he gets older, like we're gonna say, you know, he's not he's not real. But going back to American tradition, like we are playing with our kids. We are letting them have their imagine. It's their imagination that's run wild. We're entertaining their imagination. But we know at the end of the day that Jesus is the reason for the season, <laughs> like to put it in the most lame way possible. And our kids know that too. They know Jesus is the most important. They know Jesus far outranks Santa. For Gunner, he knows that Jesus outranks Captain America, which it outranks Santa. Captain America outranks Santa in our household. But he knows Jesus outranks Captain America. Like, we, as parents, we make the priority to put Jesus first and to make so everything. So you're but saying... But we allow, we play with our kids. We allow them... And I'm not saying that's right. I'm not saying that's wrong. No, that's what it's works just, for your family. It's just what happened. I don't know how else to explain it because we were very much anti-Santa. We weren't going to do it. And if you're... Um, if you've got young ones, like you've got, um, or you got babies, like you're going to be asked this question all the time leading into the holidays. Do you Santa or do you not Santa? Because we need to know, like, are we going to play along with Santa? Like, what do you want to do as a parent? And most people are like, they're very aware. It's not like Santa's new territory. Most, most parents know the score. They know the game. They're in it with you, and they I, I, they are respectful. Right. Like, okay, they don't do Santa. I think people have asked us a couple times, because we, we did not infant baptize, which Shauna reminded me again of a story of my grandma freaking out that we weren't getting Ada baptized. She's like, yeah. well, what if something happens to her? 
and she's not baptized. And I'm like, it's a big deal in some people's mind. In, in some people's minds. And I, and I was, you know, kind of led for an opportunity for Shauna to kind of share the gospel a little bit and share what we believe about baptism. And Shauna even said, she's like, I really want to do Santa, mainly because I want to do Elf on the Shelf. We do Elf on the Shelf. It's a pain in the butt. Especially our mother-in-law bought three stinking elves. So each kid has their own elf. we got to hide all three stinking elves. But it is fun to play along with the kids. Like, where are the elves? I like, guess like, I, for me, like... Like Gunner writes notes to Santa. I mean, we don't respond. It's not like we're writing back as Santa. Right. We write back as the elves. We'll play... We, I mean, we play along to a certain degree. Like Gunner wrote a letter to Santa the other day. Did I already say this? Like, Lorelai said that Santa isn't no. real. Like, he wrote a letter to Santa. One of his classmates, Lorelai, said that Santa's not real, but I believe in you, Santa, and um, I just don't know how to explain that to her nicely. <laughs> Which is why we may have to tell him soon. Because it might turn violent. Yeah, it could. It could. He could be a total so, jerk. So, I hear what you're saying. I actually really like your description of why you do what you do because there's so many people that are again why does this have to be a a a thing that divides us santa or not santa you know what i'm saying because there's so like in our comment section there's so many people that said absolutely no santa why would you ever lie to your kids that's the thing is like why would you lie to your kids is is a little bit offensive as somebody who does Santa, but I get where they're coming from because I thought the same thing. Right. And I've so even, it's like, I, thought, I understand that thought has come across, I guess maybe this is just, again, and technically Jess is not lying. No. She has never, she has never said she thought Santa was real. She never has. So she's technically never lied about it. So I think the, it's I mean, maybe for me, yeah. it's maybe for me because I did not grow up so, like, all growing up, like, I've, I went to church, like, I grew up Catholic, right? So I, I understood that there was some type of God. There was some type of higher being. Yeah. All growing up as a little kid, right? And I remember, like, well, you're supposed to talk to this higher being. So I would be like, God, please bless my yeah. family. And I would say stuff like that. But whenever it came around close to Christmas time, as soon as Halloween was over, it was just like, I could give a rip about who God is right now. All I care about is Santa because Santa's going to bring me presents. Yeah. And I think there's that fear in my mind. And maybe, again, that's why I, I'm saying that that fear in my mind that Ada's going to grow up like that. Because it was never, it was always just like, well, my parents would tell me, like, well, you know, the real reason but for Christmas is about Jesus. And I was like, yeah, 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 of course it's about Jesus. Yeah, but the, did they do anything else with you? Did they go to Christmas Eve? That's the thing. Church we, services we, or we, we, we did not ever do that, which is what we are doing differently with Ada. Because we do, we're a part of a church. We do that. We sit together as a family. I read her the Jesus Storybook Bible, like, and we sit down together. Like, my, my mother and father-in-law are devout Christians. They, they, before we can even open any gifts, we have to read the, the birth story of Jesus. Like, yeah. And pray. We always pray yeah. beforehand. And so Ada's going to have a different upbringing than I had. Yeah. So maybe this isn't going to be an issue for her. So maybe there is some wiggle room for us to kind of play along and do some fun stuff. But I'm also not concerned about it because, like, some people are just like, well, you want them to have an imagination, don't you? Yeah. Or you want them to kind of have some play. I can tell you 
since she was one years old, there's she's got enough imagination to fill the whole freaking world. Yeah. She doesn't need to believe in Santa Claus. Like she believes that she's Elsa and Anna all wrapped up in one and Olaf yeah. and all that stuff. Like she reenacts whole scenes of frozen. Like she doesn't need the imagination part of believing in a Santa Claus and yeah. the magic of a Santa Claus. There's enough. I can't wait to show her Lord of the Rings and oh, show my her kids that. love Lord of the Rings. I can't They're wait. They're probably too young, but it's so awesome for that. So, like to Jess's whole point of the make believe and play with though, like if you went to Disney and Ada saw Elsa and she was just over the moon, like there's Elsa in the flesh and I'm seeing her. You're not going to go up to her in that moment and say, that's just an actor playing Elsa. That's not the real Elsa. Uh, or would you? Um, maybe you might. I don't know. I wouldn't do that, but I can see where it, there's a problem. There's a similarity yeah. between that. Like like w- this past Saturday, Davison had their Christmas parade and Santa was in the parade. And then Santa lit the tree uh, that we can see from all of our windows in our house we look out we look east and there is the tree that santa lit and we had our nephews with us and just seeing them just like giddy over santa that's gonna be gone soon like i like my oldest is 10 and zero to 10 happened two seconds ago i am not kidding you Mm -hmm. he was born freaking yesterday Ten more years, he's going to be moved out. I was married at 20, which was stupid young. Don't ever do that. We'll, have, we'll do an episode on how you should not get married at 20. <laughs> at some point, I love my wife. We've been married for a long time. But it's still, like, he's going to be gone tomorrow. So, I mean, not that you can't have other non-Santa, like, traditions things and you make memories however you can make memories that's the important part but to me this these are like i don't know they're fun and maybe i'm harming my child i don't think that i am i think that i could i think that i could potentially harm them uh, but i don't think that i am Remember, and it's and for it, like you say ada has an imagination Gunner, my middle child, has an imagination. He plays war all the time, nonstop. His like his gun sound effects. We named him Gunner. Like he's so good. You walked into that one. We did. His gun sound effects. I don't own a gun. I've never shot a gun. But this kid is all about Captain America and fighting Nazis and I swear to God, social justice and fairness. Like, he is all about it, and um, he has an imagination. Oliver doesn't. There's no imagination there. And so, for us to do Santa and to have things that, like, spur on his imagination might be more important for him. I don't know about Rex yet. He's six. If you have a girlfriend and you have a whose cheeks turn pink, or your cheeks turn pink, that's where he's at. So maybe he does have a little bit, but I, I it's tough to tell. Yeah, it, it may be just you have to kind of see what your kid is like. Maybe. Yeah, I don't. We're an hour in, and we have lots of like 
listener thoughts and comments. And I think we should read some of them. Yeah, read some of those comments, Jason. All right. So I posted the question on our Facebook page. And I invite you um, to join our Facebook page. So you check in. When I post these questions, like I said from the get-go, you and I think of a topic. I post a question. And we roll with them. We read them. So my question was, to Santa or not to Santa? That is the question. What do you think? Also, if your kids don't believe in Santa, how do you break the news? And that's me, like, honestly asking because I'm there. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to have to break the news here shortly. Um, and so I'll start with reading some of our listeners. So Kelly Caldwell says, no to the lie of Santa. I was traumatized when I learned that Santa was not real and that my parents had lied to me. I was the eldest child of four. Then when I had my own children, my husband and his family were very insistent we do the Santa thing. I didn't say much about it, and I swore that I would be truthful if when the children asked me. My son was devastated when he learned the truth. It was deja vu. I felt terrible for going along with it. Like, that's a real thing. It is. It is a very real thing. And that's the input that I, I asked for. I want, you know, I want to hear these different, these different stories. Like, and to me, that's one of those things, like, I understand you're tying emotions into, into this. And the memory of finding out is just as prevalent as the memory of Santa always being there. Like it is like everybody has a story of when they, they found they out. do that in the Santa Claus movie too. Yeah. the psychologist I knew at three he years old, his, he gets his weenie whistle. I, the Santa wasn't real because he never gave me my Oscar Mayer weenie whistle. <laughs> and everybody looks at him like you were three. Yeah. No wonder you are the way you are. And what was his name? I can't remember. It. Judge Reinhold is the actor. I can't remember what his name in the movie was. Anyway, Jennifer Huffman, she writes, I've never pretended and actively told my kids that fat jolly guys does not come bearing gifts on Christmas Eve. It just wasn't my thing. My daughter is nine and keeps up the narrative to herself, like reasoning out loud when and why and how Santa does stuff. And she put hashtag maybe she's right with one of these like uh, emojis and that's where our kids are. They became Santa evangelists. They told us all these things. We, I play along. So if anybody's the guilty parent of the two of us, it's definitely me. That's you for a lot of things, though, Jason. Read is. another one. <laughs> Sarah Dismore, who we've had on our show. Great episode with her. Um, she says, dude, I wanted this to be my next podcast episode. She is on Outside the Walls podcast. She's a co-host along with my wife. Um, she says, I'm super anti-Santa. She's like, this isn't an answer. It's boring. Don't read it on your show. <laughs> Too bad. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce this next name. I always feel bad. Hey, it's not your strong suit. It's okay. Julia? Jula? And it starts with an X. So is that a, a Z sound? Zistress? Don't look at Zistra? me. Zistress? I am so sorry for screwing up your name. She says, I can, rem- recomm- I can recommend one way not to tell your children. I asked my mom when I was seven if Santa was real, and she said, no, he's made up. <laughs> then when I got upset, she told me, Wait, would you rather I lie to you? <laughs> Thanks, mom. 
It was a little, a little cold. Uh, kind of funny. Sometimes when my kids are obnoxious, that's kind of the way I want to be. <laughs> um, and then One Way Podcast, which I haven't listened to One Way Podcast, so I don't know if I could recommend them or not recommend them, but I'll read his comment. He says, no to Santa. Lying to your kids about Santa, which may seem to be harmless on the surface, could possibly be a gateway to other lies. For example, the tooth fairy. What would be the harm... In premarital sex. What? (laughs) (laughs) What would be the harm in telling your kids there is a small flying fairy that goes around sneaking in your bedroom under your pillow, taking things that don't belong to them? Maybe nothing now, but later the lies will grow to become something greater. Besides, the scriptures say, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Enough said. Good question. Well, thankfully, it's my kid, not my neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> Dodge uh, the bullet. I know what you're talking about, one-way podcast. I'm just making a light of it. Which I responded to him. Like, my, my grandfather, who was an elder of his church, grandfather-in-law, always maintained that if you tell your kids about Santa and they, Santa's not real, then what do you do with God? Are you, you're setting them up for failure. I told him that, and he's like, I really like your grandfather-in-law, the one-way podcast. And which, like, got me a little bit angry, to be okay. honest, and thinking how many people have lost their faith in God because Santa's not real. And I started to ask pastors. I asked a handful. All of them said, Nope, nobody's ever come to me and said I've lost my faith when I found out Santa wasn't real. Like, that's the turning point. Like, you sit and you think, you know what, I'm having a bad day, or so-and-so had cancer and died. I'm really struggling right now. I don't know if God's real. And stinking Santa, man. Santa's Santa's the kicker. So, And then I, like, I asked the Deconstructionist podcast who their podcast is all about the deconstruction of faith. They've been doing this for a handful of years. They've interviewed a lot of big guests. Their podcast is gigantic. I asked them, have you, since in your podcast, have you ever come across anybody who began their deconstruction of faith at Santa? And he said, honestly, we haven't. But... It's scary how interlinked our ideas of God and Santa are. And that's true. That's definitely true. So that's maybe where I line up. So like even, so I'll rephrase what I said. When I was a little kid, Santa was God. Santa was a God. And then even after I didn't believe in Santa anymore, I still looked forward to the material things most of all. Yeah. And so maybe that's where my fear comes from. There's definitely an element of commercialism and materialism that is brought up. I mean, the main reason we have Santa to this day is because department stores ran with it. They totally ran with it because it's a good selling feature. It's a it's an amazing from selling a money feature, making and you can standpoint, make tons of money off of it. Absolutely. Like if we could put Santa in our stores, holy crap. Then families are going to come out to see Santa. They're going to buy things while they're here. And we're, it makes a lot of sense. Dollars and cents. 
to quote Christmas Unwrapped, the History Channel. <laughs> oh my gosh! Listen, I'm not judging you one no, way as a parent. Like I, I respect your decision, and I know you respect mine. Like I've, it's just the way my mind works, and maybe it'll change. Uh, we'll see. Because, I mean, right now. I feel like the Grinch and Santa are on the same par right now because Ada's watched the Grinch, the original yeah. 1966 version of the Grinch, like at least a half dozen times this weekend alone. And then she only wants to listen to the Grinch song over and over and over again. I must have listened How to that song not, 20 though? times. Is that James Earl Jones yeah, singing that song? It is. I believe so. What if he read it while doing the Darth Vader breathing? It would be intense. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Is that the bass clarinet? No. What is that? Ada even does. That's not a bass clarinet? I don't know. I don't, I didn't, I'm not a band it. nerd. I'm sorry, Jess. Jess played bass clarinet. Ada will thing. even do the. De-de-de-de-de-de. <laughs> like I hear her in her playroom playing by herself and she's just humming that melody over and over and over. So funny. I don't know. She called your ring my precious and that's enough Ada cuteness I can handle for a week. Uh. <laughs> I love being a dad. Uh, so different people commented on I had, I start I st- I copied our personal thread, so I don't want to read names just because it's personal Facebook, but so many people commented on it. And one local area pastor said, on a serious note, it's okay to play the game. We unveiled the truth for our boys this year. It led into a discussion of seeing what is real and what is not real. So we looked at Jesus and Santa. It was a great conversation. And then I asked that pastor, um... Have you ever come across anybody who says, yeah, I stopped believing in God when I found out Santa wasn't real? And he said, in my 32 years of following Jesus, zero. Of what I've heard from friends, zero. It's like, I said, I don't think it's an apples to apples, Santa and Jesus. And maybe we make it out to be. Mm. I think you as the parent, keeping up with the American tradition of Christmas, you get to tailor it however you want. You are in control. So if you're going to do Santa and Jesus, do it. And I'm not going to like, I don't want to throw our atheist friends under the bus at all. This isn't a Christian question. Like there's, I know plenty of atheist parents who don't do Santa because it's lying to your children. Like it's, it's not necessarily. I wonder if as we continue to kind of move into this, this realm I wonder if we, I wonder if your statement of in fifty years if we'll even still use Santa the way we Possibly use Santa not. now may not be because you have this whole generation of kids that are of people that are growing up and they're not telling their kids yeah. about Santa they're like no it's just made up it could it could totally be that'll be interesting to see yeah like I'd be interested to see what your kids do. And yeah. what my daughter does. Maybe they will return to what Christmas was, what I learned about in school. On Christmas, you would be lucky to get a peppermint stick. And maybe that's what my kids will give their kids, a peppermint stick. 
I remember I asked a, a buddy of mine who's a Christian. I don't know what flavor of Christianity he is. Christians have flavors. But I asked him, I'm like, if you learn nothing else from this episode, Christians have flavors. <laughs> I asked him, I'm like, so what are you doing on Christmas? And he goes, you mean Saturday? I'll probably just hang out with my family. And, and, and he was just letting me know, like, we don't do Christmas, period. Yeah. And then he started to cite a bunch of Bible verses about how it's, like, satanic to decorate trees and this, stuff like that. Speaking of quoting Bible verses, here's this pastor who did Santa with his kids, and he's saying, because um, I said, I don't think it's apples to apples, Jesus and Santa. He said, he said it isn't. And it, it really led into fantastic discussion. First Corinthians 13, some things are appropriate for childhood. So we said, it's a game parents play. Hmm. Now our youngest, um, our youngest, his stuffed otter came to life, traveling to Seattle and then traveling back and stealing a ride on the Amazon plane. That's real. <laughs> like his kid has an imagination is what he's, hmm. he's what he's saying. But, I mean, you can quote Bible verses along with it. Um, there are some, I will name this guy by name, Kyle Wendell. He says, I got in, in an argument during class in fifth grade with another student over Santa being real or not. It distracted the class enough to where the teacher asked what was going on. And I went on to tell the class how Santa is real and all. I'm laughing because this is totally Gunner, which is why we need to tell him soon. <laughs> Teacher then called my parents that day about it, and my parents broke the news to me that night. I was devastated. The next week was me realizing my whole childhood was a lie. Santa, the Tooth Fairy, the Easter Bunny. My parents couldn't believe that I still believe the whole time. Since then, my life has never been the same. <laughs> it's okay. He's just a youth. He's a youth pastor. Yeah. But if Kyle Wendell says... F it, I'm not doing Santa. I'm there with you, buddy. I get it. <laughs> like, you've had enough Santa drama. <laughs> like, that sucks. Um, but you know what? One thing Jess and I won't do. What? The Easter Bunny. Oh, heck no. We're not doing no Easter Bunny. So, I mean, it's just like a pick and choose. You want to do Easter Bunny, do Easter Bunny. Like, I don't know. Like, that one you're is the a, parent, you're in control. That one is a little bit more... Again, that's the same thing for me. Like, we celebrate today because it's the resurrection. And then I'm just like, and I also get a bunch of chocolate eggs. Like, and, and yeah. And, and again, that's Growing just my up, it meant I get presents. That's why I loved Easter. It also meant that I had to dress nice and go to a church, which we. Which didn't, I hated. We didn't I, honestly, I hated dressing nice. I hated going to the church that we went to because yeah. I was like, gosh, snooze fest. Like, did I ever tell you the one. Easter gift that I got. I was older, so I didn't believe in the Easter bunny. Yeah. I may have talked about this on the podcast before, so comment below if you've... I don't remember. Go for it. I was really going through a phase where I was, like, super into Western movies. Yeah. And... I could see that by all the John Wayne posters on your wall. (laughs) And so I asked my mom, I said, Mom, I heard of this movie called The Good, The Bad, The Ugly... Can I get it? Can you? Oh, put, you have told this story. Can you put it in my Easter basket? And she's like, I'll see what I can do, buddy. Or like my sister may have been around, so she was trying to play it off. Like, maybe the Easter bunny will get it for you. Didn't get me <laughs> good, the bad, the ugly. She got me blazing saddles, which you've ever... 
It's on Netflix right now. Why would you get your 15 or 16 year old son that movie? I don't know. But yeah, oh, that's awesome. It's a Western for sure. It's a comedy. Kids love comedies. <laughs> Chad Britton, our former video guy. Yeah, Chad. Chad. We miss you, Chad. He's like, I caught my dad putting out presents. He says, well, now you know. Finish putting these out. I'm going to bed. <laughs> that's like that's like a Homer Simpson response. <laughs> no, that's like a red from that 70s show. <laughs> Damn it. I'm going to bed. You dumbass. <laughs> like, that's classic red. Like, he said, so from then on, I was Santa every year. That's awesome. See, those are like, that's Christmas memories, though. And that's just as important as anything else. I'll tell you the one Christmas memory that just made me so mad. My dad would get out the cam camcorder and like he's filming my sister and I opening up each present. And I just wanted to tear through them all. And then when your sister's like three years old and she doesn't know how to open presents, it's like, hurry your ass up because I know I got freaking G.I. <laughs> Joes and Star Wars on DVD <laughs> in that stocking. Let's do this. <laughs> Oh, man. Our buddy Austin Hook. Oh, I love Austin I love so Austin, much. too. I miss him. Great dude. He goes, I believed into my teens and almost got into a fight at school about him being real. And then my parents told me that they were Mr. and Mrs. Claus when I got home. I was crushed. <laughs> and so, I mean, I like, I straight up asked him. I said, did did that hurt your faith in your adulthood? Did you ever slip into doubt about God because you recall Santa isn't real? I mean, he's into his teens. Like, that's a crushing thing. And he says no and no. Like, it never... I wonder if... Because there's some... There's other things that people get messed up about. Yeah. And they start deconstructing so their me, faith. Like, there was one year where we did Christmas... We did um, Christmas with my dad at my brother's house. And they made a birthday cake for Jesus. And that, like, I didn't like that hmm. because it's not his birthday. And we don't know that it's his birthday. And, yeah, it's it's the day that we celebrate the birth of Jesus, but it's not his birthday. So, to me, in my early 20s, when I'm all high and mighty and trying to, like, evangelize to people, and one of my atheist friends goes, well, it's not even Jesus' birthday. And I goes, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And then I go back to my pastor, Blake. Yeah, no, it's it's not really his birthday. To me, that would to me that so was that, that, that was that more crushing. It did that that tore me up way more than Santa ever could, because you're in your adulthood. Santa was twenty uh, like twelve years ago. Like, of course, Santa's not real. Maybe it's because it's a kid thing, and because you grow up, you kind of let go of some of those innocent beliefs a little bit easier than maybe some more beliefs that you have as an adult, maybe? I just think sometimes when we, we take that those Christian ideals and we tie them to something that really isn't there, I understand doing it. I understand redeeming a po- pagan holiday for his glory. Like that's, that's important, and we do that as Christians. But then when, when we get to the point where we're insistent on these are the facts, this is the absolute truth, when it's not, it's just not. It's There's no like, evidence. There's no proof that Jesus was born on December 25th. In fact, it looks quite the opposite. It's almost like, so let me let me put this in perspective maybe as an example of 
something that may start have somebody deconstructing their faith. Like if you were taught all growing up that it's a young earth. Yeah. And then you start to kind of maybe see some evidence that says otherwise. I could see how that can rock your it faith. Would, it would mess you up. Yeah. But then Santa Claus, it's almost like when you know, it's kind of like that sucks because the ma- a little bit of the magic's gone. But it's not as crucial, I think. No. It, it doesn't rock you to the core. No. Like well, that's, that's why I said it's not an apples to apples. Right. Because I would think most kids, and I could be wrong. By the point they find that the, the point there's like a reveal, they kind of knew. Like parents are kind of clumsy, and to go back to that Islamic pastor, um, who was given his sermon, who was I mean, if you don't know anything about the Islamic faith, it's very much anti-drinking. So the idea that they're drinking and celebrating Jesus's birth, they're so far from Jesus they don't even know, like. <laughs> I don't know, man. Hmm. There's so many. There's so many other things that could rock your faith a whole lot harder. The realities of hell and sending. Like I just lost a family member, who was a non-believer. Now they're spending their intern. Like right now, they're burning in hell. That's something to wrestle with God over. Mm-hmm. Santa doesn't even come. He's not even in. He's not even close. I'm in the same universe. No, in that, in that discussion, he's not. Is homosexuality a sin? Man, let's talk about that. It's, that can be confusing at times. What do we do with individual stories, man? I've heard some awesome stories from some people who are gay and believe in Jesus. Let's wrestle there. Let's figure this thing out. Santa's not even close. Like, he's not even in the same realm, in my opinion. But to get back to what some of these people have uh, written... Um, this one girl, she says, I never believed in Santa as a kid. I never had that terrible moment of realizing he wasn't real. We still did the pic, like, we still did like pictures with Santa and stuff, but for us, he was like any other movie character or whatever. He was fun. Christmas thing that we knew was a game. My parents would label some of our presents as being from Santa. We'd joke about it. I think it was perfect. We're doing the same thing with our kids. I'll never forget one of my best friends finding out Santa wasn't real while we were together and how devastated he was. But, they, I mean, there you go. There's a whole other take on it. Hmm. Oh, and then this douche, Alex Ryman, writes. <laughs> never mind. Well, I mean, we've talked enough about yours. Yeah. Um, but then another guy writes, why run the risk of violating your kid's trust and have them not believe you? About that, our other supernatural being that really holds them morally accountable. That brings up a whole nother, like the whole moral side of Santa. He knows when you've been bad or good. So like, be good for goodness sake. Yeah. That's, I think I may have more of a problem with that. that because I see, I could see a little bit of a hang up there. To a degree, like I've talked to my wife about this, you might be overthinking a little bit, but we have never said, Clean your room. Santa's watching you. You better be good. Oh, that was... Or you're not getting... Like, See, that's, that's maybe where No, we do joke my... around with our kids. Like, 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 they know it's a joke. Like, you're getting coal. You are so getting coal. Like, just like one of those there things. There was times like, my mom said it, and I was just like, holy crap, this could actually happen. My parents actually got my brother coal one year. Oh, my Lord. As a joke, they still got him other things. 
Um, another guy who writes, I just teach them about the real Santa who punched a heretic in front of 300 other early church leaders for saying Jesus was a created being. I love St. Nick more as an adult because of this than I ever did as a child. <laughs> and that's kind of where I'm at. I, I'm not going to shy away from teaching any of my kids about history. Yeah. I even love that. I kind of like that story, too. Like there's well, a there's a part of me that loves that story, but then again, I also really love the story about out of being compelled by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, here's a guy who had money, and especially back then, yeah. being rich was so crucial. Like if you were rich, like gosh, there wasn't a ton of rich people back in that day, yeah, and well, then to use his family fortune to like it's it it's like a clear Matthew twenty five or yeah. Matthew. 25? I don't know. I least pastor. of these. The least of these chapter. Yeah. Yeah, that's 25. Um, oh, man, I just had a thought. And I guess that, that story to oh. me is more, is more beneficial maybe in the long run than... Like, like St. Nick is easy to get behind. Like, you're talking about a guy who gave to the poor. Who better to be the hands and feet of Jesus? Like, when we look up to somebody, like, is Santa, is Saint Nick Jesus? No. Is he a type? Yes. And when you get into typologies, like, Adam was a type of Christ. He was the firstborn. Paul even said that Mm -hmm. in his letters. Like, Adam's a type of Christ. He was the first fruits. Jesus is the firstborn, you know, of a new era. Santa Claus is a type of Christ. I would say he was being the hands and feet of Jesus. Like he was taking what he was giving. He was acting in the Holy Spirit. He was giving to the poor. He was looking to those who didn't have, and he was giving them things. Like, I I can get behind Santa. Or St. Nick, sorry. Don't want to confuse the two. So why don't you read one more, Jason? Let's wrap this up. As much as I'd love to keep this Christmas party going, we both have work tomorrow. <laughs> we do. Can I read two? Fine. One from a non-pastor and one from a pastor. All right, fine. So this guy writes, don't remember the age, but we found out our wrapped presents, some labeled Santa, weeks before Christmas. We then mastered unwrapping, playing with, then rewrapping <laughs> before parents got home technique, which is what my wife totally did. Side note, we acted like we still believed for another couple of years with other thoughts it would get us better gifts. <laughs> One year I was misbehaving in some way and my mom threatened something to do with Santa and him knowing. I looked at her quite matter of factly and said, we know it's you, so you're a liar. <laughs> She began to say, how long have you? I cut her off and said, I don't talk to liars. <laughs> See, I don't, I don't want that. I don't want any part of that. No. But then he did like the ghost like emoji, like <laughs> removing, like she's dying. As I walked out of the room, <laughs> I don't talk to liars. That is both terrible and hilarious. Yeah. Um, What's the last one? Last word. Um, let me scroll down to it. 
Uh, Dan Taylor. Ah, uh, Danny Boy. Friend of the show. We had him on about pornography. What else did we have him on? We had him on Masculinity. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. We did a month of feminism and a week of masculinity <laughs> in one episode. Maybe we should even that out some, because it's important. Um, I asked him if he had ever encountered anybody who deconstructed their faith. Because Santa wasn't real. And he said, nope. Not saying it doesn't happen, but I've never encountered it. We had a really easy time of communicating that Santa and Jesus were different categories of things. So our two oldest made the transition to not believing in Santa, but loving Jesus pretty easily, while the youngest is still in the Santa believing camp. So here again, you have another pastor who is doing Santa. So I mean, I can give lots of examples of Santa... of pastors doing Santa. He says, our oldest faith has depended this far on her own experiences of the Holy Spirit in addition to our dogged indoctrination. So we're praying that happens for the other two as well. Meaning, I take that to say, this is what we believe, and we might be wrong on things, but our oldest child is having interaction with the Holy Spirit and developing our own faith. And to that, I would add, you are not in control of your child's salvation. Oh, no, absolutely not. Like, you, like, the Holy Spirit does the work there. And I'm not saying you can't screw it up. I'm not saying don't help. Like, I'm not saying anything like those. Don't read the Jesus Storybook Bible. But I pray with my kids every single day. My two oldest have been baptized, one. Um... And we have fantastic conversations about Jesus and God on their levels. And I pray with them every night that they grow up to be mighty servants of Jesus and to love their neighbor and to love God. And we, we have these interactions daily where Santa comes once a year. I mean, I don't know what that means for your kids, and I'm not saying I'm right. I could be totally wrong. Like, I could I could be. Like, it could be wrong of me. I don't know how it's going to play out when I do the reveal. Like, what's going to happen? How are my kids going to respond to that? I have an inkling from talking to several pastors that it's not going to have an impact on their faith. I don't know anybody whom it has. I don't know if that's a Christian myth to oust Santa. But I see the logic behind it. I understand it. There's a moral aspect of it that I get. I don't know. What do you think? Like, I'm like, I'm seriously, I like, I ask those questions because I want to know. Like, I'm not. The more and more I think about it, the idea that Santa, according to the mythology of Santa, yeah, rewards good children and then punishes bad children. That's that bothers me because that's such that's such an easy road for us to go down and then to apply that to God sometimes. Not saying it happens all the time, but how many people have you run into that apply that same logic? Not they may not have heard about it through Santa Claus, through the through the mythology of Santa Claus per se, but how many people have we run into Good karma, bad karma. Good karma, bad karma, or even that really legalistic, like, I better be good or God's going to crush me. Yeah. 
that I think is the most damaging part of the Santa story to the idea of the gospel. And to that, I would say you as the parent get a chance to write that narrative. Exactly. I think that, like, if I learned anything from that History Channel documentary, Christmas Unwrapped. Was that the music? No. They did really dramatic music that I... Oh, my Lord. It was not John Williams by any stretch of the imagination, but it was good. I was captivated. (laughs) Um, No. That's the American tradition. It's at the family level, and you get the chance to write it. And I would say, like, if that is a high value to you, that's the way you write it. And this melting pot of a society, we all get to chip in and have a say. And be respectful as a parent. Like, if you're not going to do Santa, we have so many more comments from people who didn't do Santa. And yet, sometimes their kids spoiled it. Another um, woman has high anxiety this time of year because she's afraid her kid is going to spoil it for somebody else. Like, I could see that, too. That would suck. Like, dang it. My kid just ruined somebody's Christmas. Now that parent's going to be mad at me. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. Like, part of me would be relieved if some kid, like, broke the news and that was all I had to do. It's not. I'm going to be more active in my role, but I'm just saying you get to write the narrative. You get to choose which parts of it are going to be part of your family tradition and what parts aren't and have fun with it. Like if you don't want to do Christmas, you don't want to do Santa. That's totally fine. Don't. You don't have to, but maybe make a season of rest of giving might be important values to teach your child. Christian or non-Christian. And that's what, that's early American tradition too. Like the workers just wanted a break. Hmm. There was one person after watching Scrooge, there was one guy who owned a factory who watched this. He watched it in a play, the story of Scrooge and talked to his wife and said, you know what? Next year on Christmas, we're shutting down the factory and I'm giving my employees a day off. Because that play had such an impact on him. And those movies still have impacts on us. Like, those are an important part of our heritage, too. Absolutely. That's all I'm saying is right or wrong, you get a chance to tailor it to your child. Have fun. Teach some awesome aspects of it. We teach our children giving. We teach our, our children the importance of family. We try not to emphasize material things. Our children's, our children's, our, our children don't get a lot of gifts from Santa. My wife also has the tradition of her family that gifts from Santa aren't wrapped. So they're just open to play with. So they're usually the cheaper things. So the more expensive things are things that are from Jess and I. I'm thinking about we also don't get our kids a lot of gifts. We just don't. They get so much from family. We're... And maybe that's another lesson in itself. Like our kids get so much from grandma and grandpa and our, should I say, uh, nanny and papa and, and uh, Grammy and papa. Like they get so many gifts from family, aunts and uncles 
that when it comes to Santa, it's a drop in the bucket. But again, that's our. That's so just the way. Do. That's just the way we do it. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm not judging you as a parent and the way you want to do things. Like, make it work. If you're a Christian, work in Jesus. Like, it's easy to. You I have feel like Nick. I feel like my wife would lean more towards your reasoning behind doing Santa because she she didn't grow up with Santa, right? So she kind of that's the other thing. That's the she whole. She wants to do the Santa thing because she never got to do it as a, that's as the a whole girl. pendulum swing of it, right? And I grew up with Santa, and I want nothing. And you want to do the opposite. I want to do the opposite. We'll probably somehow compromise. Maybe the elf on the shelf will do the elf on the shelf, but the elf came from Jesus. Could <laughs> compromise. Could be. Like you get to write it though. You get to, maybe the elf on the shelf comes back every day in a different position with a Bible verse. That's your thing. Like ooh, okay, that's a decent compromise. Like yeah, that's what I I'm saying. To, you get to write it as buddy, a buddy. The elf brought us a verse from Leviticus. <laughs> <laughs> As they get in their teen years, they're about masturbation. <laughs> what does Buddy the Elf say this year? Oh, boy. That would be hilarious. All right, man. We are so, like, this Christmas party is done. I'm beat. I want to go home. Yeah. You've drank it's, enough bourbon. You need to go home. It's 11 He's, 11. So, he's sober Make to a drive. Wish. Make a wish. It's 11. I'm getting the text right now from my wife. All right, so it's 11-11. All right, close your eyes. Close your eyes. I'm going to make a wish right now. All right, make a wish. My wish this Christmas season for every one of our listeners is to keep your stick on the ice. Oh, so good. Merry Christmas, everyone. Thanks for spending some time with Alex and I today. It really does mean the world to us. If you'd like to reach out to us or participate in a future podcast, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter or at notyourpastorspodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app to catch future shows. Until then, toodles.